Welcome to How to Save Your Marriage with Nicola Beer, a show full of tips and practical strategies to repair, rebuild, and strengthen your relationship. If you are currently stuck wondering if your marriage can be saved, or you know you want to save it but don't know how to go about changing it, this show is for you. And now here is your host, Nicola Beer, who specializes in a proven 10-step program to help couples increase their love, passion, and happiness in their marriage in 30 days or less, guaranteed. Hi and welcome. Today's episode is Can a Marriage Survive Infidelity? Really, I'm going to be talking to you about how to survive infidelity and save your marriage after a cheating husband or wife. Infidelity in affairs happen more frequently than we like to think about. The good thing is, most women and men who catch a cheating husband or wife want to fight for it and give the marriage a second shot. Similarly, cheating wives and husbands who see what they have risked and may lose often want to make amends than stay with the actual new love interest. In both cases, the research has shown that seeking support and willingness to try solutions is a strong sign that the marriage can survive infidelity. So if you're listening to this because you've cheated on your spouse or if you're listening to this because you've been cheated on and your spouse is taking action and is researching and is looking for support, then that's really, really positive. In my sessions with couples, they often argue over what infidelity actually is. According to the English dictionary, it is the action or state of being unfaithful to a spouse. Infidelity, therefore, can take many forms. It can be virtual, It can be emotional, it can be physical, and it can even be financial. No matter what type of infidelity has taken place, it is deeply traumatic for the betrayed. No spouse wants to go through such pain and devastation that, that that it causes. The betrayer, and I've seen this a lot, also can go through a lot of suffering, a lot of regret, a lot of depression, a lot of shame, go into a lot of trouble about wondering why they're doing it, what's wrong with them, that kind of thing can happen as well. Often spouses fall into trouble because they only talk about the infidelity to solve it. They don't spend too much time focused on moving forward. I I find a lot of couples, they want to know why it's happened and you go over it again and again. And that's useful to to help people move forward at the beginning. But if if all your conversations about it are about why it's happened or if you're the person that's cheated and you keep going over why and why, it's just, just going to give you a huge headache and it's not going to help you move forward. So don't get me wrong. I mean, looking at the relationship before and during the affair, compared to where you want to be now, can be useful. But too much obsessing over the past can be damaging. Couples that focus on actions rather than word also tend to thrive. And that's the whole crux of all the work that I do. It's not about talking, it's about taking action. Because it's actions that create a loving and happy relationship. So in answer to the question, can a marriage survive infidelity? Absolutely yes. Does it take commitment? Absolutely yes. Does it take actions, not talking? Absolutely yes. I'm just going to describe a scenario uh, of Dave and Cindy. Names change to protect their identity. So Dave and Cindy, before their affair, were living separate lives under one roof. 
They just weren't engaged in each other's lives anymore. They stopped having sex for four years, and their only communication was about children's activities or bills that needed to be paid. After the affair, um, they agreed on some actions that they could take to be more affectionate towards one another, interested in each other's days, and loved spending time together. So how did they go from where they were to where they are now? The key thing is, is they asked each other what they were desiring in the program and then gave each other what they were most desiring. And sometimes it can be difficult to know what you are desiring. So it's really important that you just take some time out to think about what were your happiest times in the relationship? What do you really need? What makes you happy in life, in the relationship? When do you get triggered? When do you not feel happy? And then that will give you all of the, the keys. The key, and I really do focus on this, is about creating something new, creating a new shared meaning together, creating a new life together. One of the things that uh, a couple say to me is, well, we just want to go back to where we were. Well, no, you don't, because obviously where you were wasn't working. So let's let's create something new. How would you like your new relationship to be? How would you like to be relating? How would you like to be treated? Happiness in life is, and this can apply to all areas of our lives, is about closing the gap from where we are now to where we want to be. It involves honest discussion and awareness of the gap and followed by actions to closing the gap. So, you know, it's Cindy and Dave, they didn't want to be, not be having sex for four years, but they didn't want to have that resentment. They didn't want to have the, that hostility and, and feel like they're living completely separate lives. So in order to get out of it, we need to create new habits that's going to bring them closer and that's also going to deal with anything that is triggering them or, or stuck in the past. Another important piece that I cover in the marriage counselling is about having a future shared vision. What's your vision for your future together? Where are you going to be? Where are you, you going to live? What are you going to do? You, know, you don't need to wait until retirement to plan your future together. Do it now. Where do you want to, what do you want to do? What do you want to experience? as a family, as a couple, as an individual that they can support you with. Cindy and Dave are now the happiest they've ever been. And they laugh and, you know, they will say to me, actually, it's one of the best things that's ever happened to their relationship. And couples that can say that are couples that really do the work. They really take action. They're ready to learn new relationship skills. They're ready to learn new negotiation skills if conflict was a reason and, and conflict it's quite prevalent in their marriage. And they're, they're willing to try new things. We all know that saying that insanity is doing the same thing again and again and expecting a different result. And that's exactly what people do when it comes to relationships. They know that things aren't working, but then they do the same thing. And I'm guilty of this myself. Sometimes we, we need someone to guide us. We need someone to give us new solutions. We need to learn more. Uh, we need to get some new new techniques or listen to a different perspective and then pick out what is right for us. But I just want to, to go over a few questions 
so that can help you guide you to save your marriage and assess what needs to be done. So what I'd like you to do is these questions are for after the fair questions and they are very powerful in directing you to, to know what to do if you're dealing with the aftermath of an affair in your relationship. So just think about these and, and, and just see what comes up for you. After the affair questions, number one. Does the betrayer realise the pain that they have caused and want to make amends? Because they really must understand the pain in order to help the couple move forward. Number two, have they made a heartfelt apology and taken actions to rebuild trust? That's very important too, because trust cannot be built by words. Trust can only be built by actions. Three, are the couple working towards a common goal of repairing the marriage and creating a compelling future together? As I mentioned, it's really important if you're going to stay together, which most couples do and they thrive after, that you've got something to look forward to. You've got a, a purpose. If the, Number four is if there's an addiction uh, or a behavioural pattern or depression, is that being dealt with? Because that also needs to be dealt with simultaneously. Number five is, do couples have the required patience to deal with cheating and infidelity and these kind of triggers? Number six is, are couples focusing on creating a new relationship rather than focusing on the past? Because you really want it. To, to be focusing on the future and if you're having guidance from someone then you really want to make sure that they're focusing and helping you focus on the future. Number seven is are the couple willing to invest time and energy into saving the marriage? It takes time to save marriage. You need to be spending at least 10 to 15 hours together every week alone time whether that's a couple of hours in the evenings and some time on the weekend or more time on the weekend. It's really, really important and to, to focus on, on, on each other and give, give that time and give your energy. You know, we, we, we don't want our partner's time when they are completely exhausted after work or after a workout or after exercising and they don't have any energy left to do things with us then that can, can cause a bit of conflict and won't help save the marriage. Number eight is, are the couple willing to make each other and the marriage a priority? You need to make the marriage a priority. Absolute must, especially after an affair. And there's different ways you can make the relationship a priority, so it's really important that you do that. Number nine is, do they have a plan and a list of actions they can follow to make the other one happy. So do you, do you know what they need to be happy? Do you have a list? And number 10 is, have you taken steps to deal with hurt and any resentment? Because it's one thing, if you're, if you're dealing with the aftermath of an affair, to focus on steps to rebuild trust, steps to rebuild and um, intimacy and love and passion. That is really important. But the person that has been betrayed also needs to help themselves get over the get over the affair and also clear resentment. And if the betrayer is using and saying, "Well, I, I did the affair because I 
I, I had a lot of resentment, that's not going to help. So it's healing the resentment. If any of these questions resonate with you or bring up thoughts for you or you're a bit unsure and you're thinking, how do I do that? Then go to my website and book a free Save My Marriage consultation. All you need to do is go to www.savemymarriageprogram.com and in the consultation, I will be talking to you about how you can increase love, passion and happiness in less than two weeks. I will be going through how to overcome your own unique challenges because we'll, we'll discuss some of your, your biggest challenges and ways to overcome them. And I'll give you, you know, one step you can take straight away that will start improving and enhancing your relationship. So from my heart to yours, I would love to connect with you, either in another podcast or in a Save My Marriage consultation. Thank you so much for listening and have a wonderful week ahead. Thank you for listening to How to Save Your Marriage with Nicola Beer. To book your free Save My Marriage consultation, please visit www.savemymarriageprogram.com forward slash consult. And if you've enjoyed this episode, Nicola would really appreciate it if you could leave a rating and review on whatever app you're listening through so the show stays visible, allowing more people to get the support they need to increase their love, passion and happiness.